0: good morning good evening depending on where you are when you're listening to this this is dr david Farnan and Dr. lanier from cutting edge foot and ankle here in nashville tennessee and you're listening to another fantastic episode of med nation podcast the show that involves two podiatrists having conversations with industry experts for people who love to learn about everything from head to toe
1: today we invited dr Sayasuka, another fantastic foot and ankle surgeon to our podcast Welcome to Med Nation, Dr. Saisuka.
2: Thank you. I'm super excited to be on this podcast, and I've definitely tuned in to a few
0: episodes that y'all, y'all have had. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening as well. And before we start our conversation with you, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself with the audience.
2: Well, I'm Vilai Saisuka. I was born in Nashville, grew up in Smyrna, Tennessee. Go Bulldogs.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: did my undergraduate degree in uh biology with honors and pre-med at the University of Memphis. Then I went on to move to South Florida in Miami, where I got my master's degree in biomedical science and then did podiatry school there. I did my three year surgical residency in Margate, Florida at Northwest Medical Center with Dr. Alan McGill, who's pretty uh,
0: that guy's awesome. Pretty famous
2: definitely a, a great surgeon and a great guy. Then I did a mini uh, dermatopathology fellowship with BACO Diagnostics in Georgia. After that, I joined a small private practice in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and was there for about three years. And then I decided to leave them and, and do my own thing.
1: That's, that's great. So you work for a private practice for three years, and now you wor- you're working on your own uh, as a private clinic for 10 months or so. How do you feel?
2: Well, I mean, you go from working, you know, normal quote unquote hours to working 24 7 as your own boss. But I love, you know, being able to take a morning off to take care of personal matters, uh, being able to control my schedule and, and you know the people that are a part of my team
1: yeah i i that's the part of ha- owning a you know having my our own private practice that we enjoy as well you get to do that which is awesome
0: definitely uh so let me ask you a question do you, do you prefer being your own boss i mean now that you see both uh, both sides of it right i mean you know you see the stresses of being your own boss choosing your team running your practice versus i know you're with a small group for a while like you said working I don't want to say banker's hours because we don't work banker's hours by any right. But, but, you know, going home from, you know, let's say seven to six or seven to seven or what people would say is their eight to five. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you prefer now? And I know I, you know, I know this is kind of a kind of a no brainer answer. You're like, oh, I'm my own boss now. But do you miss that, you know, the, the idea of being able to go home at a decent hour and kind of for, not necessarily think about the business when you get home or do you prefer it?
2: There are times, you know, when there. are Fires that you're putting out, and you're thinking, what did I get myself into? But at the end of the day, I love the autonomy of being my own boss. And, you know, it, it's my stress alone. It's not like to go to a doctor's, you know, visit, um, which doctors work at the same time we do. I, I can move around my schedule and not worry about. You know my colleagues and, and things like that
1: yeah that's actually a very good question david that you asked i think having that administration responsibility to somebody else uh, if you were working for somebody else sometimes i wonder <laughs> how how nice that is you know you don't have to bring, <laughs> you don't have to bring it home or you'll have to work on weekends to <laughs> catch up on on that could you
0: imagine dr lanier just giving me all that responsibility so you can say hey Doctor Farn, you take care of that, right? And, then, I, and
1: then, I would like that. Can I give you that uh, time right now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, and, and,
1: and, you remember Farn- your first percentage paycheck? Um, you know, I said to you, I didn't realize how percentage worked. That was my first time, and I looked at your paycheck. I was like, David, all you did was saw patient. <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is what you made. And I was like, I can take that. If I all can do is go to a practice, see patients I make this much, I don't have to do anything else, I'll take that. Can we exchange yeah. roles? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's just hard sometimes to to have you know to be a physician and also to have all that you know, stress of running it, you know, running right. a, a practice. But- How are you dealing with that?
2: Well, I mean, it's, you know, I didn't go to business school. I have no business background. Um, All of my billing and coding knowledge I learned, you know, the past three years at that small group, which I'm thankful for that experience for sure. And uh, learning from them in that aspect. Um, But I mean, it's, it's a lot of putting out fires, but I think once we get, you know, things going like a well-oiled machine, I, I think I'll definitely have more days where I'm, you know, not not thinking about go joining a, another group or anything like that, which, you know, two hospitals in Kentucky did reach out to me to join them. But again, I, I, I will lose that autonomy of being my own boss and controlling my schedule and cases that I take and things like that.
0: Yes. Speaking of fires that you discussed in these, you know, what I call challenges. What are the how have, have you had any challenges leaving your, you know, the previous practices starting your own and what were they?
2: The challenges were mostly the non-compete issue. And so, um, you know, in the state of Tennessee, it it does vary state to state. But if it's within reasonable, you know, a reasonable time frame and reasonable mile radius, it is enforceable. And I definitely had my attorney look into it several times just to make sure. Uh, What surprised me without kind of disclosing too much is you know, not just the obvious of, oh, you can't practice within this mile radius for this amount of time, but it really pushed me out of the two hospitals that were in the county. And so I had to look to establish a practice outside the county, which is why I am in McMinnville, Tennessee, an hour away from where I live. Wow.
1: So you can't uh, do surgery on those hospitals? Because usually non-compete doesn't cover hospitals, because you have that non-compete with your um providers or your bosses, not the hospital.
2: Usually, but their verbiage was so was such that it, it was enforceable. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> so I guess the lesson here would be, you know, definitely go over the contract, um, which is with obvious, but yeah, with with an expert or someone you trust or, you know, an attorney.
1: Right. Well, um we All have different experiences when starting a business, even if we both open our pr- practice at different times. And but I'm interested to learn about your journey. What made you decide to say, Okay, I'm going to start working for myself now?
2: Well, um, I got to the point where you know I wasn't seeing as many patients as I, I knew I could, um, but also really what kind of made me rethink everything was during the pandemic in the very beginning, uh, March of 2020, uh, I got laid off. And so, you know, as a well-trained and very driven specialist, I just never thought that I would have job insecurity basically. And, and honestly I had to draw an employment and, and it was just a, you yeah. know, a big kind of moment in my career where I I said the only way I can have job security is to be my own boss.
1: I, I think I remember we talked about during that time when we you were, we were going through that. It was impressive to me because as a podiatrist, I don't I don't know David if, if you if you were, if you started working with us at that at that time or a little bit after. During COVID is when we got busier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but patients didn't want to go to the hospital because they were scared of. Um, going to the ER because of COVID. So a lot of patients came to see specialists. Right. Exactly. So I I was puzzled by that whole scenario of getting laid off. You know, you had to do that, which was unfortunate.
2: Right. And I had no, you know, going through it weekly, monthly, there was no uh, concrete date of when I would be back. And so again, just having that You know, uh, not knowing what my next steps were um, was pretty much unsettling. So,
1: absolutely. Um, I I started my my clinic right out of residency. You had that experience, you know, leaving residency, working for somebody else, at least learning uh, the coding and billing aspect of it before uh, you open your own practice. Do you think that was helpful to you?
2: One hundred percent, because I think. Most residencies, at least during the time I was a resident, you know, I, I did make sure to spend time in the office and clinic to work up, you know, non-surgical patients or even see pre-op and post-op patients. But uh, my last year of residency, I tried to learn the, you know, basic ICD at the time nine codes. Now it's ten, um, and you know, your some CPT codes and modifiers, and it, it was pretty overwhelming. You know, already having a lot of responsibility as a resident, so. Being in private practice and having you know uh, bosses that were willing to teach that was was definitely a good experience.
0: So tell us a little bit. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about your practice now. You know, tell us a little bit about your patient population, patient clientele, stuff that you do, and tell us a little bit more about your training and what you're passionate about.
2: Well, as far as training, I'm definitely passionate about limb salvage, uh, especially when I can combine soft tissue work with osseous work or bone work. So naturally, charcoal reconstruction is something that I love to do and definitely have the patient demographics for with diabetics and Charcot deformities and wounds. Being out in the rural area, I'm surprised, honestly, at how much pathology I see compared to, you know, Murfreesboro. Uh, more of a suburb type town. Um, We also see patients, for example, earlier this week, I had a patient who specifically wanted minimally invasive bunion surgery. And that patient drove four hours um, since I was the closest one that she could find, (laughs) which I think it's cool. So just having really the mix of what our profession offers, anything from your, hammer toes and bunions and flat foot reconstructions to you know your diabetic foot and uh, crazy deformities that we don't I didn't really see often uh, in Murfreesboro.
0: Nice I've seen some of your work with the MIS bunionectomies you and I use the same system and I just want to say good job it looks really good by the way. We do I appreciate that. Absolutely you and I you know and I we have many of the same reps and I know You know, I think you and I have had similar cases together or, you know, obviously you're over there and I'm over here, but Brooke would have mentioned, hey, I'm headed over there to treat your case versus my case. And so you and I were both doing bunionectomies. And so, yeah, I just want to say, hey, great work. So yeah, likewise. Thank you.
1: Uh, Yes. You're (laughs) when you post uh, before and after uh, some of your procedures are it, it shows the work, the work you do shows. One of the things about limb salvage is it's hard. It takes time. It takes patience. You Mm got to do it. You got to bring them back. And when you see that final picture, oh, she did that, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's not only you, you got to, you know, kind of bring the patient in the same pace as you are. You got to motivate your patients to listen to your (laughs) instructions.
2: Absolutely. And Uh, what I struggle with being out in the rural area is, you know, limb salvage involves, you know, a multidisciplinary team, you know, we need vascular, we need a good endocrinologist or PCP who can manage, you know, the diabetes, uh, infectious diseases. And unfortunately, where I'm at now, you know, I don't have those specialists at my disposal. And so a lot of these vascular issues, diabetes control issues, uh, have to be scheduled outpatient. And so um, it makes my job very difficult to heal, because ideally, we would want to set the patient up, optimize them from a vascular standpoint, from a diabetes standpoint and nutrition standpoint. But oftentimes I have to just do what I have to do for infection control and then send them out. Um, Sometimes I can't get patients into these specialist offices until a month or two later. So it's, that's a that's a new struggle I'm, I'm dealing with that I didn't deal with in a more urban area.
1: Yeah, and it makes your job that much harder. Definitely. Um, So if you have to do this all over again, would you do, you know, uh, owning your own practice, would you retake the same steps that you did, you know, going out of residency or working for somebody or um, do your due diligence and do your your research and open a, a practice right out of residency?
2: That's a very good question. (laughs) I like to think that all of our decisions, you know, lead to the next steps. And um, knowing what I know, I I definitely think I would have tried to do it on my own just uh, right in the beginning. But again, I, I didn't have much guidance or mentorship. And, you know, I just wanted to hit the ground running and start seeing patients and doing surgeries. And it didn't attract me after residency to, you know, put in the work to open up a practice and business without having any knowledge.
1: You are (laughs) smarter.
2: I would have to say the billing and coding and just, you know, the office flow, honestly, I've learned what not to do and what to do um, as well. So I, I don't know. I, I like to think that my three years at another practice um, overall was was good, and it gave me the tools to be so successful uh, early on with this practice.
0: Yeah, so I want to hear a little bit about more about you. You know, talk about talk about your upbringing, talk about what you like to do for fun when you're not working and running the business.
2: <laughs> well, for someone who has a lot of hobbies, I definitely don't have enough time for it. But <laughs> um, you know. Growing up in Nashville, surrounding areas, I love country music. don't look like I would, but I love country music, uh, playing guitar, singing. I've written about 10 plus songs. Um, I'd love anything outdoorsy, biking, mountain biking, kayaking. Uh, I love my dogs. I have three of them. Uh my wife and my bonus son who's about to get his permit. <laughs> nice. Uh, everyone keeps asking, oh, you're gonna let him drive your Camaro? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, in ten years. But um
1: <laughs> You are gonna get him a Toyota.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's gonna drive Sarah, my wife's uh Ford hybrid. Perfect. So, yep, yeah, safe and you know, don't worry have to have to worry about too much gas money.
1: Right
2: so um I I love, know, go
0: ahead
1: i don't know if, david if you know about the villai dr sasuka she can sing
0: <laughs> it, well she you know
1: thing she she can play the guitar and that's how i kind of kind uh, of that you know of her was from instagram playing music playing her guitar she's do you have are you at home can you play something for us
0: oh my goodness
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, this is, is
0: what you true do do. entertainers do he right amazing. here Dr. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the audience he the audience wants to hear some music He's right?
1: amazing it's amazing oh
2: sure. my goodness i can play an original
0: Okay. We don't like
2: infringe on any copyrights. I don't know how it works. (laughs) Yeah, yo, play an original. I love it. Yeah. Well, if you can give me like a minute to get my guitar, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. I can't believe you put me on the spot.
1: I did because you're great. (laughs) But when I saw her playing um, on Instagram before, and I was like, I was impressed. Not only I think she she was just um, playing her original too, just playing guitar, and I saw her work. She's a perfect package. She's a country singer, <laughs> and in the country, in Tennessee, and she's a great surgeon. I gotta be friends with her. It seems like everybody sings in Tennessee, right? Yeah,
0: literally. I mean, we we've seen patients. I mean, both you and I that just come in. And I'm like, what do you do? They're like, oh, I fix air conditionings by day, and I'm a singer by night. I'm like, oh, whoa.
1: You gotta do it. You gotta do it. I think Alexandria might be. Well that direction
0: well yeah but she's actually a talented singer though <laughs> yeah
1: not like you all right <laughs>
0: no no she actually has talent um, <laughs> i'm gonna lip sing though. so i'm a rock star lip singer
2: oh, yeah i've seen your your reels and your tiktoks
0: but thank you thank you See, <laughs> the fact that you even say that i'm actually i'm talented in lip singing <laughs> it's like the look of a rock star i, I mean it's there you go we you got guys.
1: something. We got something there, David. Now it's now it's the time.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I literally don't even have calluses on my fingers anymore from playing. So we'll we'll just wing it. it there, I guess we'll wing it. <laughs> so this is a song I wrote more than ten years ago. Um, honestly, I would love for it to get into the right hands and become a, a single, and I can just you know make royalties. <laughs> I don't really care to be famous. So, this is called Only Heartache. Little worried. You live it up with your friends All her Holy heart,
0: why she had to leave? I almost shed a tear. Oh, <laughs> it was beautiful, though. It know? was beautiful. Yeah.
1: It was beautiful. Only in Nashville. Only Nashvilleians can do this. Right.
0: I should have warmed up my voice. If I- yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I would be surprised if there's record producers right now that are going to listen to this podcast and hopefully it gets in the right hands crossing my fingers. Yeah. I mean, I,
2: I'm okay being a
0: ghostwriter, a songwriter.
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely
1: if you get any loyalty fee from this just right. remember david and i oh,
0: yeah. yeah please the, the little people right the lip singer the lip singer there
2: you go maybe i'll be in the video
0: uh, let's do it
1: um so what is for you um in the future will, uh, will I
2: well um you know My practice is called Premier Foot and Ankle Centers, plural, of Tennessee, and I'm hoping I can uh, continue to expand and, you know, hire great people to continue to be on the team and really looking to expand in areas where, you know, there's really no podiatrists around or, you know, not kind of like where I'm at now, like the really needed populations underserved and things like that. I do want to come back to my hometown. So I just got one more year to tough it out. Um,
1: Do you have any advice for people looking to start their own business? You know, young, young podiatry residents?
2: Yes, it's really, really scary. Um, But honestly, if we can do it, you know, uh, you can do it. You just got to find someone who's willing to mentor you. Uh, Speaking of Instagram and social media, you know, Dr. Bricado up in New Jersey. Um, we kind of became friends on Instagram. I saw that she was opening up uh, practice and location, uh, other locations, and I've reached out to you, Dr. Lanier, yeah. uh, on advice and just having you know supportive people around you, both in the industry and outside of industry. Um, during my three years in a small private practice, I became good you know colleagues with an orthopedic surgeon out here in McMinnville. And that's kind of how I got the lay of the land too. And, and um, it started off with him just referring me cases. And, and now there's two orthos in town and they really don't like foot and ankle. So I've really picked a good spot as well. Um, location is key, having the proper support is key and just trying to educate yourself and learn as much as you can this last you know year of residency or wherever you are in your training.
0: Well said. And uh, also for you, let's talk about you uh, in terms of what do you wake up every morning? Is there a mantra you live by or a quote you live by um, for our subscribers out there that motivates you?
2: Very good question. (laughs) Honestly, uh, some days are hard to get out of bed since I drive two hours every day, but um, just... What keeps me going is is knowing that I make I do make a difference, even with those stubborn patients. Um, you know, you got to be their advocate. But my mantra really is just: "It's a new day." Um, yeah, there might have been some wins or some losses yesterday, but it's a new day, and we just keep moving forward.
1: I love that. That's me too. A, I mean, that's a good statement to live by. Yeah. Um Thank you so much, Velay. I know you took your time to be here with us, to talk to us, to even sing for us.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that was a pleasant surprise.
1: That
2: was definitely spontaneous.
1: <laughs>
0: I love it. <laughs> if they, there was a tip, if there was a tip jar, guys, I mean, there are tips by all means. I mean, hey, it,
2: it would go to you guys. You're
0: you're doing
1: oh, a I, wonderful
0: you, thing
2: here. With you can
1: tell us your Venmo. He you can. Do it. <laughs>
2: But no, it's been a true pleasure. And I think what you're doing is great for our profession uh, in general, but also, you know, as a teen, Tennessean uh, representing Nashville and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I think it's great what y'all are
0: doing. And thank you for listening to another wonderful Med Nation podcast with your host, Dr. David Farnan and
1: Dr. Newslam Lanier.
0: We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Dr. Sayasuka. If you want to hear more conversations like this, join us for our next episode. As always, you can head over to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify to hear more episodes like this. If you have any questions for Dr. Sayasuke and us, check out the links in the description below. And feel free to email us and connect. Thank Thank you all for listening to this episode and see you guys all next time.
1: See you next time.